Um, my name is Anna. I'm an adult child of an alcoholic family. Um, really happy to be here tonight. I'm nervous, um, even though, um, I mean, this is like totally where I belong and I know so many of you. So um, hopefully what I have to say will be helpful. And um, what I just thought I was asked to speak like early last week, I think. And I was like, maybe I should talk about meetings, but then I decided I would probably just like complain about meetings a lot. So I <laughs> decided not to do that. So I'm gonna be talking about reparenting because reparenting is something that is just like such a magical and special part of this program um, that I had like didn't find in my, the other program and a half that I'm in. <laughs> dipping a toe into a program. I'm not sure if I belong or not, but, um, but I definitely belong in this program. So I'm going to talk about reparenting. And, um, I also just, I, well, I'll just read from, um, let's see, page 298 of the big red book, um, the loving parent section. And there's a whole section called the solution becoming your own loving parent. It's a whole chapter. So <laughs> this is just a little tiny bit. Um, so what does it mean to become your own loving parent? The first step in reparenting ourselves involves recognizing the loving voice inside. Our experience shows that every adult child has love inside regardless of what the person says or believes. Love is there and it is original. As we awaken the loving parent inside, we remember a simple slogan, first things first. Many adult children rush into inner child work without taking time to meet their inner caring parent. As a result, some of us will struggle with finding the inner child until we take this necessary step. The inner child will not usually emerge until we establish our loving parent. In some, casing, in some cases, a sabotaging aspect of the inner child will emerge if we rush this phase of our recovery. This angry aspect of the inner child can overpower the newly developing loving parent and delay recovery. There are many ways to awaken the loving parent inside, including writing a letter. We might say, dear loving parent, I recognize you and I am depending on you to help me be gentler with myself and more accepting of myself. Please challenge me if I, uh, to try if I'm apathetic, but also help me give myself a break if I judge myself too harshly. Help me focus on progress rather than perfection. We keep the letter handy and read it often until it feels natural to make contact with this loving part of ourselves. Reparenting ourselves can mean many things, but the central themes that we are willing to challenge our critical inner voice and to care for the child within. By reparenting ourselves, we lose interest in harming ourselves with addictions and compulsions. We remind ourselves that we have worth. We do this as often as it takes without thought of the repetition or how it might sound to another person. Um, there were so many parts of the Big Red Book that I wanted to read about reparenting. There's a part about how gossip is the critical inner parent, which if you've heard me speak before, I often talk about being a southerner and how gossiping is like the only thing that I know how to do. Um, so gossiping is like a big, not gossiping is a big part of my reparenting, but, um, but um, reparenting has been really interesting for me. I work with young people and I've worked with kids of all ages. And so I really know how to talk to kids. Um, and I've really refined how to talk to kids in really loving ways. And I've read like parenting books and teaching books about how to talk. There's a book that I really love that's not um, like conference approved literature, but I love it. It's called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. And there's like a teaching um, book that goes with that. And my 
first, now I have like a co-sponsor fellow traveler in this program, but my sponsor in this program, when I first started, um, literally recommended that I read parenting books to learn how to be a good parent to my inner um, child parts. And that's been really helpful because um, like while it kind of has come easy for me to talk to outside children, right? Children who aren't like inside of my head. Um, In kind ways, uh, talking to my inner child has actually been harder than I thought it would be. Um, I didn't have critical parents. I just kind of had absent parents. and, um, And then my sisters and I were like really cruel to each other. Um, and I think I sort of developed my inner critical voice from, from my sister's cruelty to me. Um, but I really thought that I didn't have a critical inner voice. I just kind of thought my, my inner parent was like absent. Um, but as I, as I've worked in this program and like worked with a therapist who knows about ACA and knows about reparenting, I'm coming to see what my critical inner parent sounds like and it's really interesting because um I'm good at encouraging myself but I've found some interesting places where the inner parent really the critical inner parent really (laughs) is loud and um one space where that's really showing up is um it's happening lately um I am trying to get pregnant by myself I'm trying to become a single mother by choice and um that's so much (laughs) it's um it's just really a wild journey and um what's been happening i've it's i've been on this journey for almost a year um and what's been happening is i've been refusing to let myself get my hopes up about anything um, I got my my hopes up once and then I was really disappointed and I felt stupid for being disappointed because I got my hopes up and so I was like, I'll never get my hopes up about this again. So I'm really negative about, or I've been really negative about the whole process. And um, my therapist and uh, like this, being in this program have really helped me see that I'm actually not protecting myself or my inner child by yelling at myself to not get my hopes up. Like that's not loving and it's not protective. It doesn't make me less disappointed when, when the outcome isn't what I want it to be. Um, it just makes the process of waiting worse (laughs) and then I'm still upset. Um, and for me, I thought, well, I can't make this inner voice positive. I can't be like, don't worry, babe, it's going to work out. It's fine. Because that's also not true. That's lying to my inner child. And so what I can do is be neutral and I can be curious and I can like encourage the feelings um, that I'm having and being neutral has been really helpful, right? When I get a hopeful feeling, I can say, that's interesting. You're feeling hopeful right now. Like think more about that or like write about that. And so by thinking like ultimately what, what changed this for me was thinking like if I had a child, which I might at some point in the near future, hopefully. If I had a child who was really hopeful about something that 
you know, even if it was like, you know, hoping to like get into a college or which I do, I work with kids who are hoping to get into college all the time. And I tell them to celebrate the law, the, the, like the, um, rejections too, because it means that you like reached for something. Anyway, if I had a child who was hoping for something, I would not say to her, like, don't get your hopes up, babe. It's don't get your hopes up. Cause then you're just going to get disappointed. Don't do that. Cause that's not cool. Like that's not nice. That's not loving. That's not caring. It's not encouraging. It doesn't help a child like understand the process or her feelings. And so I actually, so I, um, now I don't do it every day anymore just because I'm so burnt out all the time. But um, usually I write every morning for two, two pages and then I meditate. Um, I do meditate every day, but I don't write for two pages anymore. And the other day, what I did was I like just tried to be curious about my hopefulness, right? Knowing that like it might not work out. And so I just kind of stepped in as an inner parent and I was like, yeah, it would be really cool if it worked out this month. That would be really, really cool. That would be super exciting. Wouldn't that be neat? Right? I didn't say like, it's going to work out. Don't worry. It's going to work out. And I didn't say it's not going to work out. <laughs> like dumbass. You know, like that's how I was talking to myself before. Like, don't get your fucking hopes up. And that I would never say that to a child. And so it's just been really cool to be able to say like, yeah, that would be really neat. You're feeling hopeful. How cool that you're feeling hopeful right now. And it would be really, really awesome if it worked out. And like, that's what I want someone else to say to me, you know, when I'm feeling vulnerable and hopeful and nervous and sad. And um, so that's just- um, Five minutes. Thank you. Um, that's, it's been such a, it's been such a, great opportunity to learn that tool. And like, I wish I weren't having to learn it, but <laughs> I, I am. And it's cool that I like get to learn it. Um, uh, the other thing that I have thought about is um, like historically I am addicted. So in, in the big red book, they talk about how originally it was became addicted to. So one of the laundry list traits is became addicted to excitement. And they talk about in the big red book, how originally it was became addicted to fear. And that they were like, no, 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 no one will ever go for that. And um, that's true for me. I am totally addicted to fear. I'm totally addicted to the fear of abandonment. I historically have loved to pick people who do the like push pull thing and give me like beautiful little crumbs. And then I can just cling to the fear of abandonment. And what I've learned um, through that with reparenting is like, would I let someone treat a child like this? Would I let someone treat my child like this, right? Like if my child had a friend who was like kind of mean to them or like kind of unavailable. And like, she always got her hopes up about seeing the person. And then the parent was like, sorry, we can't do it today. Like, I'd be like, we're not gonna make plans with you anymore. We're not, we're not gonna make plans for you. Anymore. Like, we'll see you at school. You can play at school, but we're not gonna make plans with you anymore. I wouldn't be like, yeah, let's keep making plans with that person. <laughs> that family that keeps canceling on us, let's do it. And then you can get your hopes up and get disappointed. Like. It, for me, it just all comes back to how how would I let someone treat a, my child? And then that's how I treat myself. Those are the boundaries that I set for myself, or those are what the ways that I talk to myself. And that's been so magical. And today, um, 
uh, with my therapist, I had my first um, IFS like session, which is um, internal family systems, which is totally, as far as I can tell, reparenting. <laughs> and what I got to do was I got to um, kind of check in. And this was a moment, sometimes I'm really self-conscious with therapists. Like, I'm like, I don't want them to see me be too like vulnerable, which is the entire point of therapy. So with this new therapist, I decided that I was gonna like be super vulnerable and be really present because I deserve to heal. Um, and so it, it, this session today like felt kind of funny because I had to like have my eyes closed and check in with my like 15 year old self who had experienced this trauma. And I just went all in and it was fucking awesome. And I have a raging headache from it because I cried a lot. And um, it was just really cool because I got to check in with my inner 15 year old who's like kind of being re-traumatized by this like trying to get pregnant thing. And I got to listen to her and like hear what she had to say and hear her fears and um, be like, yeah, I hear you. And like, I'm here for you and I can protect you. And I'm not lying to her. I'm not lying to her when I say I can protect you because I can and I am. Um, and that's something that I've learned in this program and not just through reparenting. Like I learned it in this program because I worked the steps. I'll just say that. That's like, that's the first step is doing the first step and then doing the other 11 steps. Like by doing the steps, that's how I was able to stop doing all this self-harming behavior that I was doing. I stopped drinking like miraculously through the steps, not because I was in another program. I just stopped wanting to drink and like do compulsive, ridiculous shit. Um, stopped drinking, like stopped using drugs. One minute. Thank you. Stopped like just all the like sexual stuff that I was doing and stopped harming my inner children. And so by doing that, I'm able now to show up as a parent who is like healing and who's not in her disease. And so now I can say to my inner child, like, I got you. I hear you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to set boundaries for you and me. And I'm not going to go anywhere. And that's so miraculous. A miracle is something that I thought would never be able to happen. And I never thought that this would be able to happen. I never thought my life would be able to look like this. And it's a real fucking miracle that it does. So thank you for letting me share. Hopefully something that I said was helpful.